Hey guys, you are listening to episode 17 of the Talking Llamas podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. So this episode, we are talking about Pixar movies. Um, We're talking about, I guess, our favorites. There's, you know, not so many Pixar films, and we like almost all of them. We really enjoy Pixar movies, and we thought it'd be an interesting discussion to sort of rank them, but also tear them off, which is something we'll explain later. But we wanted to give sort of a general idea of what we think about each Pixar movie in a condensed way, and this is the way we did it. We tiered them off, um, not a strict ranking, but um, a tiered system. So that's something I'll explain later on the show, but we hope you guys like it. We had a really good time talking about it, and we love Pixar, so um, we were happy to have that discussion. It's something we've wanted to talk about for a while, so... Um, It was a good time. If you guys want to reach the show um, on social media, you can sort of, you you can go to our page on Facebook, uh, The Talking Llamas Podcast. You can reach out to me or Thomas through that page. Um, We also have our own Facebook pages. He's Thomas Nelson. I am Robert Camozzi. Uh, I'm also reachable on Instagram at the Disney Dad, but our show has an Instagram, uh, The Talking Llamas Podcast, or just Talking Llamas Podcast. So it's at Talking Llamas Podcast on Instagram. Uh, and rate and review the show. As always, we're um, open to feedback, any any critiques or, you know, anything you have to say about the show, positive or negative, we would love to hear from you guys. All right, everyone. Well, without any further ado, episode 17, here it comes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Robert Camozzi, joined here, as always, by Thomas Nelson. Hey, everyone. How was your Halloween, Thomas? Mine? Uh, Fairly uneventful. Watched some football on TV. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I didn't go trick-or-treating this year. I don't do that anymore. It's been a couple years for you now. Yeah, just a couple. You know, if you can do it until you're 25, you've done something right. Yeah, I think I think a quarter century's the right. If you can do it for a quarter century and then call it quits, that's the right move. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean I knew you were just home. I was. Just, I actually didn't talk to you about it all. Like about what happened. Like what you were doing. Did you? Did we get any? I, we don't tend to get trick. I was out with my daughter, and we don't tend to get trick or treaters here. Did you uh, have any knocks? No, on the no, door? no. I intentionally one bought no candy, and two. Uh, turned out all the lights and watched football in, in oh, okay. basically in the dark. And uh, people got the hint, I think. I heard some rumblings of people outside, but oh, really? they could have like, just been people on their way out to trick-or-treat. Well, our house is kind of hidden from the main street. I mean, it's, you can't see the door very well. And so it's possible that people just don't. I think that's why we don't get a lot. The first year I was living here, before you were here, I sat on the couch for like, I mean... <laughs> Just with a full bowl of candy, no one ever came. Yeah, so. that's uh, and that's why I didn't want to. I didn't want to end up having to eat the candy, even though I love candy. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and you know, after after our Disneyland trip, I haven't. I told you this. I haven't been craving much, and I, I've been eating pretty. I've been on you know a good track with just what I've been eating to keep off of all the the stuff we had at Disneyland and Disney World. You know, kind of piled up, and I just didn't want to uh, break that for like M and M's or you know, anything like that. So I, I didn't have anything either. So I did get from, uh, one of my daughter's, one of my daughter's friends, her mom gave me a, uh, one of those Hershey's cookies and creams bars, but the, the, the full size candy bar, full size or like a king size. I don't think it's a king sized. It's like the size of you a would dollar. Know, you would know if it was a king mm, size. It's like the size of a dollar bill, basically. Oh, that's a normal one. Yeah. So it, it, well, no, so, so you, Peyton, she went as Spider Man. She went as Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. And you, and you went as I was Eeyore because um, Michaela and, was Winnie the Pooh. And th- those were both onesies. Onesies. Yeah. Yeah. They were. They. Were, I didn't like the design of them only because, well, for you, yours, 
Eeyore was blue, but besides that, you couldn't tell there was Eeyore because the face was on top of your head. That he did have the tail on the back, though. But that's still the design of all those onesies. It's the same. It's the you have to be on all fours to make it effective. Perhaps. I mean, really effective. Yeah, um, Abby especially had, since Eeyore was blue from the front. It, I wouldn't have known. I who found Eeyore. images of Eeyore where he's blue in the newer cartoons. Well, that that's yeah. I agree. That's I mean, um, historically inaccurate. <laughs> but um it, yeah that was a fun sort of tandem at least and it's functional i can use it again around the house you know and so. I, you know what i bet it's quite warm too it was really comfortable it was actually too warm because i wore it to work but i made the mistake it was really cold in the morning and i made the mistake of wearing a long sleeve shirt underneath and i was i mean i was cooking in that thing by the end of the, my shift it was just that was rough uh did you dress up thomas why would you even ask you know i didn't this is for the listeners well, I didn't dress up. I work alone, but so... people want to know. <laughs> I work alone, so dressing up would have been... Sad. I mean, it, sad if someone else were, were there, but frankly, I don't need to dress up for myself. We I like dressing up when we go to the parks and Halloween, and that's enough for me. I, and I still have my uh, Mr. Smee costume and the Vacation Genie, although I like the Mr. Smee costume a little bit better. Um, that was a home run. At least to wear it. I like to wear it better. I, um, I wore... I also wore my Gaston shirt to the gym. I didn't tell you about that, but I did. That was cool. So you had your Eeyore onesie with a long sleeve underneath, mm-hmm. and you, you brought along Gaston? No, I, w- I came back home and went to the gym after. Oh, costume change. Mm-hmm. I work at a gym, by the way, so for the listeners. So, uh, but I came home before going back. So I had the, I switched out the, the shirt for the Eeyore costume and then, Went back into the Eeyore costume later. But uh, Halloween was fun. and You sound enthous- enthusiastic about it. It's over. I did oh, watch oh, Nightmare Before Christmas, though, last night, which was nice. It's a classic Halloween movie. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we'll get into that some other time. What we're going to get into today is Pixar movies. And we're going we're gonna to rank them in a, in, a, in a way, but instead of ranking them like, you know, 20, a top 20, like a 1 to 20 list, we're sort of tearing them off and if you don't know what that means we've made tiers and we actually have four tiers of pixar films where we've put certain movies that belong together in terms of quality and uh what would you say just how good they are basically well yeah but that's pretty vague it's hard to explain well Um, i mean you could you could say popularity um, a lot of things go into it, I guess, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, and we can delve in, into that a little bit more as we go through the movies. I'm sure we will, because each one of them has different qualities that we find uh, attractive and worth putting in, say, the top tier or the bottom tier. The way I I sort of did is I sort of ranked them all. So I went, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way through like 18 or 20. And then, you know, put them in the order of which I like them. And then would sort of cut it off when it felt like I reached a film that didn't belong with the others above it. That's, that's how I did it. Um, like, and, and so we'll go through it and we'll kind of, it, it worked out that each tier was about four or five movies. And we did leave out a couple of films that we just didn't personally think deserved to be in well, what we chose four tiers. Yeah. Um, we'll talk after the ones we omitted, maybe just mention them. Uh, perhaps and say sure, why. Sure, but there are some. These aren't every single Pixar films. Not, yeah, not all of them are on there. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a tier of movies that doesn't. I mean, we can talk about that later. But we're gonna start from tier four, work our way up to tier one. So tier four would be, I suppose you would. Well, let's just say tier one's the the cream of the crop, and tier four would be um, less that. These are still quality films, I would say, but not uh, not the best of the best. Let's say so. One the best for the least best. Thank you for explaining. Yes. Okay, so we'll start with, with Tier 4 as uh, it comes in with Toy Story 4 in, in Tier 4. Now, you, you did send me a, your list, which we basically agree on, but you put it in order of what you thought was maybe the, the number one in Tier 4, number two, and so on. So when I'm, the way I'm, yeah, the way I'm actually going to be reading this will be in the order of... Uh, in this tier, what I think is best to what I think is the least in in this tier, the least best, the least best. I don't want to say worst because the worst has best? a negative connotation. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. So in order for me, tier four would be Toy Story four, 
Finding Dory, The Incredibles 2, and Cars 3. Uh, of Pixar films in Tier 4, they, they all, to, to me, are, are sort of a similar... Uh, I appreciate them similarly, but it's in that order. Do you have any issues with the order? I, I do think that The Incredibles 2 is low on the list. Because like I told you early, a little bit earlier today, we went and saw that twice in the theater. And I wasn't going just for, I don't know, some social thing to do. I actually wanted to see it again. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, you know, and I, I see what you're saying. And it, I don't know. To me, it hasn't, it doesn't feel, I know we saw it twice in the theater, but now that it's been out for a year or whatever it's been, it doesn't feel as rewatchable to me. Like I don't, I don't feel like I want to watch it all the time. Or very often ever, really. That's kind of what put it lower for me. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, all of Tier Four is sequels. Mm-hmm. That's important, and that's important for us. Like that's, we'll we'll talk about it in a minute. But that's kind of what got some. Like that's what put some of these in in this tier. Is you know we give things more credit for being original concepts or or an interesting idea that hasn't been done before. We saw Cars three in the theater, right? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't see Finding Dory together in the theater, anyway. I saw it um, in the theater. I I didn't. I don't think you were there. To me, The Incredibles two was is more rewatchable than those two films. It is ahead of Cars three. Uh, yeah, but the fact that to me, to me, the fact that it's just above, it's the next one above Cars three, that doesn't match up. You think it should be ahead of Finding Dory? Then? Yeah, I think so. Under Toy Story four, I, I'm okay with. I could I could get behind that. Um, for me, it's pretty close. I don't know what it is. Maybe uh, maybe I. It's possible that I sort of. I think I might appreciate Finding Nemo more than some do. I don't think it's a. I don't think anyone thinks it's bad, but I maybe I appreciate it more than you do. Is that possible? It could be possible, and that might be sort of framing how I feel about it. Uh, I do think that Finding Dory has some good moments, and I think it's. I think it's funnier to me. Um, that might also funnier be, than what? Than Incredibles too. Hmm. I mean, but that's an interesting thing. Not everything needs to be funny, though, to be good. Oh, this is personal preference, to be clear, and th- and that should be stated that all this is personal preference. And well, I think, we should maybe, if possible, we should try to have an objective tint. Mm-hmm. Not so we're not completely yeah. objective, but we. We can see some objectively good elements well, to them. And that's where the rewatchability comes in it for me. I feel like I would rather... Now, I've seen Incredibles 2 more than I've seen Finding Dory, so that's another thing. Uh, my it, Peyton loves Incredibles in general, but really loves, loves Incredibles 2. So I've seen it a lot. Maybe I'm just tired of it. But to me, it just it feels like I would rather watch Finding Dory again than The Incredibles 2. Yeah, I definitely don't share that sentiment. Interesting. I don't think you're alone, by the way. I think that this is a an island I'm on uh, by myself. What about... Well, you put Toy Story 4 in there. I thought that was a good film, if not unnecessary, right? I yeah. I mean, there's that whole thing of whether they needed to make it. But it was a solid film, in my opinion, and it looked fantastic. Oh, it really did look incredible. But the story was it? good, too. Well, Good Dinosaur looks great, too. It looks That's why fantastic. I said the story was good and interesting. Yeah. But yeah. No, I agree. I, for some reason, that film felt like a significant step down from the other three to me. Like the other three are fantastic, by the way. They're all like they're they're A's really, or A minuses. But this felt more like a B minus to me, or like a B. It could be part of it that it being the fourth film, it's kind of diluted the the whole universe a little bit. And like we talked about in the Snow White episode, I think, yeah, how many things can go on in the in a group i guess the group in this case in that universe that are believable that are really amazing and interesting yeah we talked we actually talked about in the gripe episode but we referenced snow white White, yeah yeah and uh that's true you there's only so much you can do and and you realize you know a lot of the characters in that movie that we love that are sort of bit characters that don't play as big of a role didn't have a lot to do they were just kind of there and a lot of that's because you there's only so much you can make only so much you can have those characters say you know what I'm saying? Have you? Yeah, I was just thinking. Have you ever worked with someone that you thought was really funny, but the more the time you spend with them, they become less funny and more annoying? Like they have their they have their moments, I, but I feel like I'm under attack. What? 
<laughs> that you're joking. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking of someone that I used to work with. He was great in, you know, when I would go to work for a few hours, a couple of days a week when he would be there. Yeah. But too much time around him, it's exhausting. It's too much. Or you just don't think he's that funny anymore. These yeah. characters, you spend too much time with them. All of a sudden you start to know them more and they're not as charming as they were in, say, the first Toy Story. Yeah. So I certainly understand they what you're charm. saying. I also think that you may not agree with this, and maybe you do, but it it felt almost like the quality of I didn't think I don't think the story was bad, but I feel like the quality of the story felt more like a like a short thirty minute uh, like straight to Netflix or you know streaming service uh, movie you would see. Like they have, I haven't seen them, but they have these Toy Story like kind of side stories. They have like a Halloween one and that sort of thing. It felt like more like one of those that they extended out to a 90 minute film. That's how it felt for me. And that's my personal, and we talked about this earlier. I can be, I can be nitpicky for sure uh, with movies. So that might be my thing, but that's, that's how it felt to me. I didn't get that feeling. Maybe, maybe it's, it's not completely in the realm of like a, a great Pixar film and and it's not what you're saying but it's close to what you're saying so it's like in the middle ground between great and and I just tend TV. to lean and I just tend to lean the other way you round down oh yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it yeah. I've never heard that said before but that is a good way of putting it and you round up I think so I I think it well I'm I just try to be honest with how I am are so, you saying I'm lying no I'm saying that <laughs> I, I guess I am optimistic. Yeah. So I run it down. Well, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely not all the time. So there's I a word for it, but you don't have to say it. Yeah. Well. Okay. Anyway. So we're in tier. We're in tier four. <laughs> yeah. We have four films in there. Obviously, there are some that you could imagine the listeners. We we can say them now, but we should probably get through the full list before. Um, Ones that didn't make the yeah. cut. You mean? Yeah, I mean, if, if we'll these do it after are, the list. If because these are the bottom four well, worth knows? ranking. Who knows? There might be some. There might be some that we left off that people actually think will be on here, but higher. So we'll yeah. leave it. We'll leave it. We'll tease it. So it's actually, it's actually a fairly solid bottom four. Oh, I agree. Any one of these movies, I would watch right now. Like we, we, I never watched Cars three after we saw it. I like it. I do too. I just never watched it again. It's a like it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Uh, and we can get into Cars 2 perhaps later, but it really, it's a good Cars 1, Cars 3, they're both really solid. I just tend to lead towards like, you know, the originals, but Cars 3 is, is not like a significant step down to where it like ruins the original by any means. So I I liked it because I liked how it was kind of like Lightning McQueen taking a step back and... uh having to like reinvent himself and all and that sort of thing and yeah that's uh, a good story yeah i think that's i think that's worth making is what i'm saying you know but that i i think that pro- i haven't even seen cars 2 but i think the story of cars 3 is the general you know having to remake yourself a little bit yeah that's better for a sequel and then like end it at those two stories the, mm-hmm. the first one and then that one because like we said you can make too many stories yeah one well, i think i think that the whole being washed up so to speak and having to like reinvent yourself is a very it's a very sports specific type of story so if you're going to tell that story cars is the best avenue with which to do it you know what i'm saying like that's a very that's something you see in sports yeah right so uh cars when when i'm looking at the list here if you're going to tell a story like that cars is your opportunity to do it uh in terms of what what Pixar has to offer, unless you're going to make it a completely original movie. But I feel like the investment in cars one, like that you're invested in lightning McQueen from cars one makes car, the story of cars three, the reinventing of oneself. I think it makes it better, right? If you tried to do that all in one film with a new idea, it wouldn't work as well. So I actually think that that's a really considering that's like the bottom of this list. Cars three is it's a solid list because that's a good, I, I enjoyed that movie a lot when I saw it the first time. Yeah. I've seen it a couple times since, and it holds up. Uh, Toy Story 4, just to, I do want to kind of just wrap up on on that real quick. I mean, it was a lot of Woody. That's another thing. It was a lot of Woody. And I'm not as big, you know this, Buzz is my favorite. And he was, he was a little, um, I've, I've said this before to you. 
who was a little something. Well, I'll get into it. The Toy Story movies have kind of gone back and forth between Buzz and Woody helping each other out and sort of, and this is going to be tough to maybe talk about, but Toy Story 1 is sort of Woody trying to Really emotional for you? So bad, yeah. Uh, No, but Toy Story 1 is really, eventually anyways, Woody trying to help Buzz, right? And it's towards the end, but Buzz is going through this midlife crisis or whatever, and Woody ultimately pulls him out of it. Toy Story 2, Woody has a similar situation where, you know, Andy is, he thinks Andy might be moving on and all these things, and Buzz saves him. And then Toy Story 3, Buzz goes to the uh, daycare, and then Woody eventually comes back and saves him. This this was a little bit different and there's a point where in toy story four where buzz comes to save woody but i feel like his impact is sort of you know a lot of it is done by bo peep she takes on a lot of that role and i wasn't invested as much in her character i think is part of the problem because she had been gone for several movies so that is perhaps part of the reason as well that it wasn't as big a hit for me sounds like he wanted to see a lot more buzz frankly Maybe the, that's a good point, though, about not being invested in, in Bo Peep. Yeah. I I didn't seem, the way I, when I was watching it, I didn't feel disinvested, uninvested, yeah. uninvested in her. Um, maybe not heavily invested, but it didn't seem like the lack of buzz was an issue only because why does he have to be number one? Oh, I understand. Um, so it was okay. I was just going along with what the story was giving me. I mm-hmm. wasn't... I wasn't ranking where characters were placed and saying, well, okay, no, Buzz is a better character to me. I should have, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, no, to be I, clear, I was I... just trying to take it without my preferences mm-hmm. as much as possible. But I don't have as strong a preferences, I don't think, as you do for these characters. Yeah, Toy Story is one of those movies for me, and, and Buzz is my favorite character, like of all Disney characters. So that's a personal bias. We can we can move up to the next tier. Um this one starts with, and I don't know where it, where you fall in this order, so I'll, I'll be curious to hear, because this one is a, a tier of five that we came up with. Opens with Toy Story 3 at the top for me, followed by Ratatouille, then Monsters University, then Toy Story 2, and then rounding it out is going to be Inside Out at the bottom of that tier. Uh, what do you think about that? Is there anything that sticks out in terms of uh, orders you'd switch or maybe I th- something? I actually think I would rearrange it a little bit. I think I would go Toy Story 3, Monsters University, and then I would go and then I would go Ratatouille, I think. And then Inside Out, Toy Story 2. Oh, wow. You put Toy Story 2 way down there. Yeah. That's interesting. Can I actually t- like that movie, but I think that Inside Out deserves a little bit more credit above it because it's a really smart idea. Uh, and then Ratatouille, I... Actually, I'm just giving that a higher ranking because other people love it. I, I want to give it a chance, though, before I actually... When was the last time you watched that movie? Sometime with when I watched with you, and every time that I watch with you and Michaela, whoever's here, I don't always pay attention fully. You should Sometimes watch it alone, maybe. And I did once, but I should try it again. And uh, Anyway, it just doesn't usually stick around with me after I've seen it, or while I'm seeing it. It's not, it doesn't captivate me That's for some reason. It, and it, I, I know that's definitely me. Um, it's there's something about th- that movie that speaks to me i can't even tell you what it is but when i'm watching it like i'm all in it's actually one of those movies i don't like to talk a lot we we've seen these disney movies so many times that we end up talking quite a bit during them and kind of watching certain parts here and there that's one of those movies i like to i love the music um i actually think that's a really like the whole thing's a pretty interesting concept too See, i can't even think of what the music sounds like oh, and I usually can, music sticks with me yeah i can hear it like so that's head. so interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's good music for me. Uh, I love when I hear it around like downtown Disney or in, at Pixar Pier. I hear it a lot, and I always like perk up when I hear it. So that that's what that's a big part of what does it for me. Um, what did you say? You then said Monsters University. So you said Toy Story three, then Monsters University. Yeah, I've I would love to watch Monsters University again. Let's However many times soon. that. Yeah, we can do it soon. However many times that is, I don't know. But if you say, hey, you want to watch Monsters University, I don't think... You're always down. I don't think... like It's not like you asking me, you want to watch Cars 3. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty much always down. I like the Monsters movies in general, but this one is a really good one. And well, I like to, that they're like a campus too. That I like that whole vibe. To me, 
this tier is the sequels the sequels that are in this tier I should say they are more or less ones that if I like the originals of these that these sequels are of you know Toy Story 3 Toy Story 2 Monsters University I personally prefer them but if someone tells me they prefer Toy Story 3 over Toy Story 1 I don't tend to argue do you know what I'm saying like that I understand that's a personal preference I don't I don't say like that's ridiculous whereas if someone told me like they preferred Finding Dory over Finding Nemo I would find that sort of I would personally find that confusing. You know what I mean? I mean? Yeah. I, I just don't want to get too far into the territory of what people prefer. <laughs> I know. Only because, to me, certain ones belong in the top tier, and there are reasons for it that aren't just preferences. Yeah. No, I understand. So, um, I understand. yeah, people prefer strange things. I mean, Ratatouille is one of them. I don't get why people <laughs> love it. I'm just kidding. People well, do love it, though, and I guess I respect it. It's just I want to I want to be on that same page, but it just hasn't happened. Yeah, you, just after, you can't get there. After multiple watches. It's interesting. Um, maybe I should really hunker down and, and try. Yeah. If you can try to like something, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, so, and then you put Toy Story 2 at the bottom. Interesting. I'm just looking at this now. Inside Out. Well, I'll, I'll, okay, so to go back to Ratatouille a little bit after mm. Monsters University, I yeah. like the concept of the film. You know, you the, the the rat is the main character, and he's doing all this stuff in the kitchen. It's it's great in that sense. Um, uh, and... Uh, I guess all the characters are pretty interesting too. Um, um, maybe you can speak to a favorite character or something. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if there is a favorite character. They sort of all kind of work together to make a good movie. I don't know if I have a. I guess Remy's would be it. He's the he's the rat. Yeah, so, Remy the rat. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't. I mean, you know what I like about the concept of the well, not the concept, but the fact that they had to cook in the film i'm sure they did a lot of research and what they were doing was accurate and stuff and yeah. i like when they do that kind of thing you can get a glimpse into what things are like yeah through the characters in the story that's a pretty funny movie too actually you know who my favorite character is i can't believe i missed this can you guess um no i can't it's the villain and whoever's second isn't close i can't even remember his name right now if you, uh he's like the food critic uh, yeah i don't know his name He's my favorite. He has a few great moments, and it all kind of culminates at the end, and uh, he's pretty funny, too. So I, I think he's probably my favorite. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking up his name now. Um, hmm. Oh, that this is actually Anton Ego is his name. <laughs> How is Ego spelled? E-G-O. Okay. That's, pre- that's pretty great, actually. Um. So he's like a food critic, and he has a great moment at the end when he tries the food that uh, he later finds out was to, you know made by a pack of rats. Are rats a pack? They gotta be. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, I mean, uh, we'll we'll talk about that later on our ride, our rat episode that we're we have in the works. Anyways, a rat episode. There you go. Yeah. So no, but I mean, um, I think he's my favorite character and he has, like I said, some funny moments and he, I think he adds, um, a, a certain thing to the story that he doesn't come out in until like halfway through the movie really. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's my favorite, but I also tend to tend towards the villains quite often, not so much in Pixar movies, but in this case, yeah. Is that, is that the same as rounding down? No, are you no, sure? I think are I, you we sure? talked about this with sleeping beauty the other day, not to go to Walt Disney studios, but Maleficent really makes that movie like takes it up a notch, and I think that a good villain can do that. I don't but, think. Well, but you love villains in general, and that they in general represent the dark side. I'm just saying, villainy, villainry, villainy. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that movie's that movie's pretty good. I do want to like it, and I'm gonna. I don't know. I never saw it as funny though. Really, maybe a couple moments here and there. Yeah, it's a different kind of humor for sure. It's not. It's not like Emperor's New Groove is to us. I'm not yeah. laughing out loud at, at Ratatouille. No, 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 not like that. I also think it's a good concept. Like a rat is literally the last thing you would want to be in the kitchen that you're yeah. getting food from. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's an interesting concept. They, this is something Pixar does a really good job of of sort of taking things and and like and that's what's done in Inside Out. Is it's a really interesting idea of you know these sort of basic emotions that are. Uh, inside your head or in this in in this case in, in or head embodied this, yeah whatever like in the case what of anger like anger is like if you were screaming that's a whole body thing you're not just using your head or whatever yeah well in the context of inside out they're 
I guess, supposed to be inside your head. But yeah, that's a good point. I like that movie a lot. And that's one of those ones that I, I often forget about. Well, that's one of those films that you can learn something from. For sure. Or take something from. I mean, I don't know what I you, think all these you can to an extent, but that but this one's one is more. very explicit. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, I think it's important in that way. Yeah. Uh, because it, art, it articulates and visualizes for people emotions. Mm-hmm. And it, it's in the, through the perspective of a, a child. I don't know how she, old she is in the... Yeah, I don't the, know, the like film, seven that, or 12. It's kind of irrelevant. Um, it makes it all high resolution so you can see it and, and yeah. kind of break it. It breaks it down in an easy way. And it's very clever too. You know, there's like the train of thought and those sort of little things in there. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's like creating one big mnemonic device for yeah. navigating or understanding emotions that we all have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I do like it a lot. It just is. Uh, so I think because of that, it has more value than Toy Story Two. Okay, I, Toy Story Two is my least favorite of the three or four. No, okay, Toy Story Two is my least favorite of the three. I actually prefer it over Toy Story Four, but uh, obviously, but I I can get behind what you're saying is is what I mean. What else on that list? I guess we covered it all. Toy Story Three is I I think truly excellent. Actually, I really like Toy Story Three. Why? Because it ends well. I just like it from beginning to end, honestly. I think it's really solid, but I do like the ending a lot. And I do, and that was sort of one of my worries with Toy Story 4, and ultimately I was fine with the ending, but the ending of Toy Story 3 was so good that it was like it, it, they did it. They hit a home run with the ending. Why are they rehashing? Unless, and hopefully they, are, they have a really good story to tell. Otherwise, why even bother? Because the ending of Toy Story 3 is, is truly excellent. It's, um, oh, what was the, the ending feels good feels like you've actually reached an ending. Yeah. Uh, sort of a, I guess, a sentimental, proper yeah. ending. Uh, you like feel a, closure on it. Well, there's also that, like, sort of passing of the torch thing. Yeah. Which is an important thing to, uh, I guess, to, to feel or experience in life. And uh, they at least give you a little bit of that. And you can you can feel it through the through the film. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one's... Toy Story and Toy Story Three; those are those are two really good ones. And as far as sequels go, Toy Story Three is way up there for me. Uh, anything else on those? I think those are good. I think we've got that covered pretty much. No, yeah, you're right. That's good. Tier two, in order for me, goes Bugs Life, Up, Wally, The Incredibles, and Cars. Do you have any objections? I would put The Incredibles over Wally. Yeah, I thought you might do that. I think that might be my only objection there. I don't, maybe maybe Incredibles goes above up too. Oof, I can't do that. I cannot abide that for me. Really? Why? It, it's just not like the Wally thing. I could see it. The I don't know. There's some, up to me just has everything. Like like what? Has a really sentimental story in the beginning. Characters that you end up. Uh, I just feel like right away I'm attached to the characters for me that whole uh montage gets me really invested in carl right away and then it's it's funny um i think that i don't know it it feels like a a unique film to me for some reason um i don't know i it just it's that movie more than incredibles is up my alley i think up your alley yeah, it's more it's more my mm. kind of film. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I like I don't know, I feel like The Incredibles has a little bit more value to Pixar as a whole than than Up did. I mean, in in the time that they came out. Yeah. I mean, don't you agree? Wasn't it I have to what do you mean? So the catalog went what Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, um in general, these are the ones that came out. Cars was somewhere around the time of Finding Nemo and Incredibles, right? Um, um, the point like is these earlier films built a reputation for, for Pixar yeah and Incredibles is also a good movie with a good story and I think it was the I don't know oh, I can't say this for Incredibles sure Incredibles came it, right after Finding Nemo which is what year for 2004 for The Incredibles right so within within 10 years of Pixar releasing their first feature film this is one of those that established a reputation for them yeah so, and Up is a great movie and I like it a lot but I think The Incredibles goes above it Moving beyond personal preference because of the, what it did for, what it contributed to for Pixar. 
I think that I think though now up when looking back maybe at the time the Incredibles held more like was more of a boon sort of for the studio but when you look back on what you think about Pixar and and the things you expect from Pixar I think up has more of those things and that's more of a feeling than it is something actually definable for me well that's rough we can't define it at all. What, what kind of well, things do you really like about it that define Pixar? If you, you, you can be wrong and just explore just, it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I think I think the story to me is so well done and so sentimental. Uh, you, so sentimental is you think a Pixar thing? I I do. I think Toy Story's that way. I think uh, I think Monsters Inc's that way. I think Finding Nemo is that way. Uh, yeah, I think those big movies like that. Um, Wally's definitely that way. So the the coming together of this Incredibles family isn't sentimental. It doesn't have it doesn't have the same it doesn't pack the same punch to me. Maybe it does for others, but for me it didn't and doesn't. You know what I mean? I'm trying you know to, what I'm, I'm tra- saying well, for I'm, me. I'm trying to get into your mind a little bit and think about what it not packing a punch. Well, Ellie, it, that the whole Ellie thing is is um, you know in in, in up is tough and that's a that's a super sad scene obviously and then you've got the whole uh russell dynamic with his you know his family situation and then carl sort of steps into that at the end of the movie sort of steps into that um fatherly role or or you know mentor role for him so i think it's kind of you know sandwiched into this this movie is sandwiched between two sort of really sentimental events um for me and those those specific events sort of speak to me more than at the end of Incredibles where they're all you know they've all come together and, and they've they're able to be themselves and uh and use their powers to do good and come together as a family that's great for me um up just does it, it it's up is a little bit more for me but again, that could be personal preference, and I think it is. I, I agree. I like. I love the up story for its sentimental value, which you're discussing. Yeah. But I think that, that to try to fit Incredibles right in there with what you're saying is, each of these characters in the beginning of the film have to repress what they, the powers they, they have, yeah. and by the end, the whole family is empowered together. Yeah, and the community recognizes them. So they reinstill this what the superhero. Um, presence in that whatever city they're in right yes that's i mean that's a really valuable thing whether it's sentimental or not might be it might be outdone by all the action in the film like maybe there couldn't be that much sentiment because the quieter moments are few and far between yeah uh up there's a lot of quiet moments and he's an old man so that makes sense the pacing should be a little bit slower when like when he's on the screen you know can't all be them what fighting in the what do they call it the zeppelin yeah. Well, so I mean your your point is um well well taken. I um I do disagree, but I can I can see what you're saying. Um also The Incredibles is is unique in that it's basically a superhero th- like a a comic book almost sort of movie in that it's a superhero film, which uh doesn't it's the only one of its kind in uh in the Pixar catalog, so that's interesting. Are there any other animated films like this? Before it, it? I mean, or that you can think of right now that are like an original uh, superhero story? You mean not derived from, not like a derivative from comic books? Yeah. Nothing I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there, I'm sure it exists, but that, the fact that I can't think of it tells you. But, well, yes, but also Pixar was able to do it in in this style of animation that was really, it looked good. Yeah. And clean. Yeah. Computer animation, so... I think Incredibles still is above Up, but maybe Up is right below Incredibles. And I think that's what I said. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I think Incredibles has a little bit more value than uh, for the Pixar, I guess, legacy, reputation than Up does. Does that have anything to do with it following up? Like, does the fact that it followed up with a pretty solid sequel, does that have anything to do with how you think about the original no. Incredibles? No. I'm just curious. Because I, I would have, I would have still said that same thing before the sequel. I wasn't even thinking of the sequel when discussing Incredibles over Up right now. Um, 
yeah, so that's that's where I have it. I mean, I love Upford's music. I love that that music finds its way into the parks. Uh, it fits. It's it's great. But I mean, now we're it's both are in tier two, so we agree that they belong in the same group, the same discussion, which is what we're having. Yeah. Um. So I guess between us, I think that personal preference and objectively speaking, if you can combine them, Incredibles is a little bit above up. Fair enough. I I, uh, I wouldn't personally make that call, but I, I can see where you and other people would think the same thing. What about like uh, we have on the bottom of this one, at least I do cars. I think that's fine there. Has a part of what I like about cars is it was integrated into the parks in a, uh, just a spectacular way. Yeah, well, I love it. Uh, and I love it in the parks, and the film is is good, and I'll watch it. Um, it's just not. I actually always really like it when I watch it. Like I've never watched it and been and not been into it when I'm watching it. It's one of those movies where you know sometimes I watch a movie that I've seen a hundred times and I'm not paying as close attention. But Cars isn't one of those ones for me. I really like it a lot. Uh, I, I, I don't know that that whole sort of thing uh it, get, it it gets me excited like the sort of sports thing i guess is what it is yeah i like the general aesthetic of of what do they call Radi- radiator springs yeah that's um, great the desert sort of town run down there's different interesting characters uh, in there mhm so yeah it's it's a, it's a very good film and uh, there's nothing bad to say about it i don't think it's just not at the top of tier 2 it's yes. at the bottom of it but tier two's, you know, you're right. You're bumping up against a lot of good stuff. Bugs Life was one thing that I would have loved to get in tier one, but it just didn't feel right for me. I actually might, I actually might consider bumping that up because I agreed with you at first. But Bugs Life is, it's another one that's sort of integral to the Pixar Pixar story. Yeah. Yes, and we can talk about that. When, well, but we could talk about it right now. Yeah, is that it came out? Two. It came out after toy story and toy story was such a hit that there was this there's a basic idea a reputation not a reputation but like a i guess it's like a truth in general in hollywood that the if you come out a studio comes out with a hit the next one it usually flops or something like that it's not quite as good as the first one well bugs life was another hit not quite on the same level as toy story but it wasn't such a drop that pixar fell under it kept it afloat and then they could work on these new films yeah a lot of people i don't think realize this is the second pixar film yeah right after toy story so uh and it's one of my favorites pixar films when i well at least when i was younger when i thought of pixar i thought of bugs life and toy story bugs life's great yeah it's it, that the music is great in that one yeah Where's that it's some of my favorite music from pixar you can find it on like spotify or something what do they call it when they play like all the music they play they like, call it a well, I think the, the ones that you and I heard are from the album of, it's called Disneyland, mm-hmm. like Disneyland Collection or something like that. It's this album full of uh, different attraction songs and whatnot. and Stuff that plays in the parks. Yeah. And so on there is a title, as a track titled A Bug's Life Suite. Yes, exactly. So it, it plays like the music from the movie, not all the songs in their full length, but in sort of a way that fl- it flows through each each song in the movie, sort of through parts of it and it, plays it It all. includes different parts, different themes that you experience throughout the film so that you get a, basically a very condensed version of the film through sound, through music. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's like an overture, a medley. No, a medley is not even, it's not even a medley. It's more like a, I guess it's it's a suite. They chose that name for a reason. So this movie's also funny. Uh, it's got a good villain, as I as I like to as I like to mention. I think it's got a pretty good villain, um, but it but it's it's all it, I I do think it's quite funny actually. So it's one of the funnier Pixar films I think. So we just we just jumped from Cars at the bottom to Bugs Life at the top. There's still this middle ground that's a little bit shaky between you and I where we stand on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we want to maybe come back to bug's life in a little bit and first hit the middle grounds and work our way up to the top. Well, I mean, we discussed, um, I mean, we, we sort of are agreeing well, we didn't to talk di- about Wally. Well, we're agreeing to dis- disagree on up and the Incredibles. Wally, I understand is a, for me is I, I, I really do understand this is a personal preference more than anything else. Um, visually, I really like this movie. I just like the way it looks. 
Um, I'm not sure why that is. What about, I think you have a problem, maybe I'm wrong, I, I feel like you've said this before, sort of attaching yourself to the characters in the movie because there's not a, there's very little to no dialogue between from the main characters. Well, I'm not sure that's the reason. I, just like Ratatouille, um, every time I watch it, I find myself less than captivated. And it's drifting. Yeah, and to me, that's an issue if you're going to have some of your audience doing that. Yeah. You should, maybe, I don't know how, I'm not going to tell them how to remake it or something, not that they ever should, and they shouldn't. Um, yeah, certainly but not. But, like, I'm just not captivated by it from the beginning. Yeah. So that's kind of an issue with me staying on board throughout the, the whole film. Yeah. And so I've never become attached to it. And, and I try to take that experience objectively, because it's happened multiple times with me, and say that that's a quality that the film has, that it's a slower pace or something like that. Yeah. And... For me, that's a mark against it. I don't know, but I'm I'm just one person, so that's not really a statistical analysis. Yeah, for I don't know. For me, it it feels. I don't know. I I don't know what it is exactly. Some of these movies, it's hard for me to really put my finger on. I I think that you and I might have different tastes in certain things, which is accounting for a lot of this um, difference in opinion in this specific area. So uh, for me, I sort of appreciate the slowness of it. I don't know what it is about it, but I appreciate the pace, and that works for me. Um, That's actually a pretty good point because if – I mean, it's good to have slow-paced things. I think – I was just thinking that part of the potential issue that is a problem for me is the issue that's being brought up in the film, which is – it's what? Like the – well, why don't you just give a quick summary of the, the plot of the film because I have an idea of what it is, but I don't want to misspeak. Yeah, well, essentially Wally is this sort of trash-compacting – uh, robot that is uh, seems to be you find out later part of an initiative to sort of clean up the planet, um, which yes. is sort of uh, what would you say like devolved into just a lot of you can imagine a lot of pollution, a lot of trash, uh, and then he's kind of collecting things, and then this other I guess like a, a robot comes and she's kind of scanning things, and and her and Wally sort of interact and I guess you would say fall in love and it, it it comes to it that what her responsibility is is to find like organic material that's surviving on planet earth and bringing it back to the former inhabitants of earth to let them know that it's okay to go back to earth because now it's able to basically support life right and then, you know. So it's basically addressing this issue of, uh, I guess, sort of like an apocalypse, but human-caused. Mm -hmm. um, and then th how that solution would play out. Yeah. To me, that issue is a pretty big one to tackle in a fun and entertaining way. Yeah, I understand and what you're so saying. And so it was a risk. I actually really like the idea and the fact that Wally -E is sort of based off of Walt Disney, the name of it. Mm -hmm. um, I like that, too, a lot. I like it. That doesn't mean, to me, this is where I get, this is just a personal opinion. It doesn't. It doesn't get me in all the way. I like the I like the the fact that you brought up risk because a lot of these films we give like Inside Out for example we spoke about earlier I I give it a little extra credit if it took a risk you know that's why the sequels are are at the, closer to the bottom a lot of the times because they I give maybe that's part of it too when a movie takes a it tries to tackle a, a big issue or do something complicated. Uh, taking a risk to me, I give it a little bit extra credit, and if it, and it all the more if it does a even a serviceable job at, at entertaining me, then um, then I tend to reward that in my mind. I feel like the pacing of this movie is good in that it doesn't feel bloated or rushed. I like that it's slow, but that's for me. This is just like Ratatouille. I'm going to go back and try to enjoy this one on my own. I guess at my own pace. Um, yeah. Again, if you can if you can try to like something, I don't, yeah. I don't even know if I should say I'm going to try. I'm just going to go and give it a chance. Yeah, an open chance without my previous experiences and just watch the watch the film. Yeah, because I mean, you never know. I mean, we watched Sleeping Beauty recently, and that felt like a a different, a completely different experience than when I had watched it before, and in a very good way. Yeah. So maybe that'll happen with me this time. Who knows? Tier one sort of the cream of the crop and you guys can probably guess uh what's on here um 
I mean, of course. Good dinosaur. I was you stepped on my punchline. <laughs> that, that was what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, good dinosaur. Cars 2. Um, planes. That's Pixar, right? Um, yeah, sure. I think so. Okay. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, Toy Story. And we must be serious. Yes. This is top tier stuff. We do not joke about top tier stuff. Yes, we don't joke about anything. Toy Story, the original, uh, in this order, by the way, Coco, Monsters, Inc., and Finding Nemo for me. Anything there that stands out in terms of something you might switch around? In the moment, I'm going to switch it around. Toy Story number one, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to move Coco below Monsters, Inc. I thought you might do this. Uh, and then Finding Nemo, I, I might even, I would put below Bugs Life, but I'll leave it in there uh, that's fine with me Ooh, because yeah. finding nemo is a good one and it was a big one when we were we were uh just getting into like early teens right when that came yeah, it was out like middle so, school and they showed it a lot like at school and it when was have... and it was really good back then i i, I loved it as a kid so there's something there that that is a very good film you know what did it for me what made me put it there and i actually considered putting monsters inc over finding or finding nemo over monsters inc for this reason but monsters inc actually has the same effect on me when i watched Finding Nemo last time, I almost cried. It was just like, it had an emotion. I don't feel that when I... What, because you're a father now? I've watched it since I've been a dad. I don't know what it was. But you've also evolved as a father, I'm sure, and how you yeah. relate to your daughter and I've think evolved about her in and, many areas, but as well, a father... Well, right. I mean, you can only evolve so much without yeah. <laughs> yeah. going out of balance. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, that's maybe the case. There's this point where the pelican f- uh, flies into the window at the dentist's office and is explaining to... Um, Nemo, how his dad's been like he he tells him that there's a fish looking for him, and he's explaining to him he's like all the things that he's done, like kind of briefly. And then Nemo's like, "That can't be my dad." And then he says something that convinces Nemo that it is his dad, and then starts telling him the story and all the things that his dad's done. It's kind of exaggerated, but it's interesting. And then it kind of zooms in on Nemo's face, and he's got this like bright he's got bright eyes and this big smile, and the pelican's voice slowly fades and then this music comes in place of the pelican's voice and you can hear it and still like what he's saying if you really listen but the music starts to take its place and for some reason it gave me chills and like i almost started crying um so and and monsters inc has a similar effect though at the end where that's pretty emotional too for me anyways um but yeah so i i I that's what I that's what put it a bugs bugs life ha, will never and has never done anything like that to me and i think that's why i put it in tier one and left bugs life lower because the emotional impact for me uh is not the same and all these really all these movies in the top uh four i think have that emotional impact to an extent maybe not as much toy story but certainly coco monsters inc and finding nemo have that impact for me well there's something to be said for conveying emotion through animation yeah and i think coco did it very well at the very end um i mean i almost i guess i could have cried if i wanted to i cried the f- every I time i saw in theaters it I wasn't cried. super powerful but <laughs> it was like it was it was right there at the edge ready to happen um when miguel is singing to coco at the end um, that's not the that actually is the part me, that makes me cry but i understand that yeah uh yeah so i was talking to someone else and they said the part where I think this is where, why don't you say where you... When Hector is thinking about singing to his Coco as a baby. And they're in that little cave area. Yeah. and Yeah, and that's, that, that's the one. It, and they're in, it's a flashback to when he's in the room with Coco, but he, yeah, that he's telling it or in the cave area. And uh, that, not only did it make me cry in the theaters the, every time I saw it, because I saw it four times, um, but when I listened to that specific, that lullaby version of Remember Me in the car for like a week, every time I listened to it, I would start More crying. like a weep. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So bad. Not that your joke, I mean, your joke was well, bad. I mean, it's but it's bad in its own way. I mean. But but it was just horrible how often I cried at that movie. But um, but like I'm you said- I'm just picturing you driving down the road, sobbing into the into your hands on the steering wheel. Yeah. Very dangerous, by the way. Yeah. You shouldn't well, do that, man. Yeah. I agree. No, but the Coco is good. I I didn't put it up there as a number two Pixar film because I don't know what value it has for the studio long term. But you make a good. It's point a very good. It's a very good film though about the conveying emotion. Like when you can make people feel that sort of thing about something that one didn't actually happen and two isn't made with real people. That 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 to me is really something, and that's what sets some of these apart for me. 
and I chose I said this this spot at the end of Coco where the Coco was there. Old and, older Coco. And, yeah, and you can and her face looks so real, her skin. <laughs> you talked about that. It's so insane. That that I think is a huge thing that contributes to its emotional impact. Certainly. Because well one, she's this, you know, sweet little old lady and there's this innocent kid who's singing to her and she looks real. It sounds great. You know, it's just, it all comes together in this really fantastic way. And so I guess it being cl- mo- more recent, it's a sort of a result of the preceding films and all the practice they had in the yeah. studio and creating movies, but also uh, producing them. The music is great, too. This is one of the few. Is it the only Pixar movie where the characters sing in sort of a uh, along with the music? I mean, I, I can't think of another one. So, yeah, it's it's unique in that way, too. And. The, every song is really great and and fun to listen to. Yep, so. and uh, not to mention the fact that it's representing uh, Mexican culture in yeah. a in a very great way, and I think that's awesome because yeah, it's I actually always kind of enjoyed the Dia de los Muertos thing, even though I don't fully understand it, but I enjoy that it's this thing that brings people together and that it's fairly I mean it's fairly in line with Halloween at least. Yeah, but in, it's in a different in time, way. In time, yeah, like it's well, and it takes some of the same. Each other, it takes up some of the same themes, I guess you could say. Only it's I, there's a more celebratory, sin- celebratory, sincere, heartfelt thing behind Dia de los Muertos. Halloween is just more of a fun time. Yeah, and both are fine. But the point is, they they use this, they they use all their experience to go and celebrate Mex- this part of Mexican culture. After Toy Story, I can accept any order. Um of the next three you know what i'm saying like any order of those threes i think it, it kind of depends on what you appreciate i'll put coco down at number number four in this tier it's fascinating no no i won't do that i mean finding nemo is really good but i'm not really sure it deserves the number three spot so Coco's, maybe, yeah coco is just so good i remember when we saw that we i walked out of the theater i was like oh my gosh that was so great so, yeah, that has that little twist in there um, that that made it even better for me. So, yeah, man, I I really really like that one. So, Pixar Pixar tends to do good work, and they take. The, I think what's important is to to note about them is, you know, they don't always make. They, they've had a few films that weren't great, but they generally take really good and and I think uh, important risks. You know. Toy Story is kind of an odd concept. You know, you've got these toys all talking and are people going to be able to sort of, what would you say, um, is that going to resonate with people? Um, that's a risk to me. Um, you know, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, these aren't, you're, monsters aren't real and, and fish don't normally talk, but they make it work, you know, and, and uh, by the end of the movie, you're completely invested in these characters that one are animated and two aren't, aren't you know, Toys don't really talk, and fish don't really talk, and animal and uh, monsters aren't real. So it's they do a, they take adequate risks, I think, and that's that's what I appreciate. I think most about Pixar is they do different things than almost any other studio I see like, putting out movies. And it all started with Toy Story, but not just Toy Story. The people who brought it into being. I'm not sure the exact number of people who remain in the studio from those days. But John Lasseter got it started with the great Toy Story film, Bugs Life, came back, saved Toy Story 2, made it, yeah. instead of a, made, a straight-to-TV film, it was put into, it made it into a feature film. Changes everything. In the theaters, and then, yeah, so he put in a lot of work in those early years, and his, the crew he had around him, really, I think many of them are still around. I know the guy who worked heavily on Coco, I don't know. I don't know the exact role he played. I, th- I think his name is Lee Unkrich, Unkrich or something. He, uh, I think he was, he was on the Finding Nemo team, and that's in the earlier days. Yeah. Point is, these guys and many other people are contributing constantly to this ever evolving uh, studio that is just putting out this. Yeah, they're, they're risking, and when they even when they don't land that that well, like say with Wally, maybe. Because it's not really in the parks very much, and generally when things land well, they end up in the parks. Uh, it's still, it's not a, a black mark on their record. It's, yeah, it's not like it was a catastrophe. It just wasn't their best work. Yeah, maybe. and you don't if if you don't like it, you don't even really think about it. 
Yeah. I mean, and we can start talking about the things that we didn't mention because. Yeah, I mean, there's even things those that, things we doesn't take away from it for me. Yeah, three come to mind. There's good dinosaur. We've briefly talked about before. It ha- it just it, it has no staying power for me at all. It looked pretty great when they made it, but it just it was lacking something. I'm not really sure what. Um, I didn't feel attached to the characters very much. Um, there might have been a lack of spirit in it. Yeah. And that might actually be my issue with Wally. I'm not sure how much spirit is behind it. Maybe. Like, there's things happening. Anyway, we don't need to keep talking about it. Cars 2, uh, just don't even bother. If you haven't seen it, just skip right over to Cars 3. Maybe That's buy, all you need to know. buy a couple and burn them. So, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, do everyone a favor. Um, that one's bad. I've I've seen it. It's not fun. It's not good. Skip from Cars 1 to Cars 3 and you're fine. That's all you need. One that, that came close, I think, for both of us was Brave, but ultimately it just didn't feel like it belonged. With I don't know. I, I might actually tack it on to the end of Tier 4. Mm. Um, I haven't seen that one in a while, but I saw a little bit of a clip in, of the uh, Disney Plus trailer, I think, and I really want to watch it again. Yeah, we may need to give it another chance. I haven't it, seen it in a while. It is either. good. It's just, it's just not a... It's a Tier 4, I think. Possibly. And there was a... The, and I know that they've, I've heard some uh, some archers discuss whether certain um, certain uh, scenes in movies where archery takes place, whether they're accurate. And Brave was actually one of the, the most accurate. Like they did a really good job researching how an archer's position should be when they're, you know, drawn back and when they release and how the arrow, they even zoom in and Brave on the arrow as it's, yeah. as it's moving through the air. And it's not just a straight shot at the arrow wobbles a little bit with the vibration of the shot and so they do a really good job and i think that kind of stuff is what makes it an interesting film for me personally that is personal well and that's what sets this studio aside i think uh you know this is another thing in coco um the attention to detail with um like coco for example you know where they're placing their their fingers on the neck of the the guitar and I don't know this because I'm not a musician, but um, Akita was telling me that he he said that, you know, they're putting their fingers in the... That's a friend of Robert's, by the way. Yes. Uh, it's... Uh, they tell... Yeah, it's accurate. He says it's accurate, yeah. That yeah, basically... The, the, the fingers land on the frets at the right time and the right, when the notes are actually being played. Which, the way he described it, is more or less unheard of in, like, an animated film. Although uh, it actually is in line with the legacy of Walt Disney Studios. And yeah. I mean, at the very least, all they had to do was film someone playing the song mm-hmm. and then go ahead and... I mean, they could have traced those. On, yeah, but, I mean, but it's important that they do... It's, it, it is well, Pixar, a standard. Well, yeah, that's, 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 that's Pixar's thing. And that's what I'm saying. That's that they the, really that's, do that. That's the standard. And that's that's the sort of thing that sets Pixar apart from even like Walt Disney Studios these days. Um, that, that sort of attention to detail and that sort of requirement of quality to me. I suppose. I'm not sure that Disney, Walt Disney Studios wouldn't do that with the guitar thing. Yeah, I agree. I just I, I just feel like everything is I like think that. What the difference might be is that Walt Disney Studios seems to be more interested in producing than necessarily examining what they're producing yeah. to, to the level that Pixar might. The quality. Pixar yeah. doesn't come out with a lot of mo- movies. You know, they're still they're in the 20, 20 to 25 well, I think range. Low 20s. Right, so they're just they're still building their catalog, but like they have one coming out this year, right? Or is it next year, twenty twenty onward? Yeah, it's got to be next year. And then after that, Soul, which I think is an interesting concept. I can't wait to uh, see what they do with that. But they don't they don't put out too much, so when they put something out, it's going to be good, or at least they're going to put their best foot forward. I think. Do you have a favorite short that proceeds? No, I don't. I don't. I haven't seen enough of them to remember. Uh, all of them, and then so I can't really comment. The uh, one that sticks in my head is the one of the the two old men playing chess in the park, and it turns out it's well, just well, yeah, that was one of the first ones, right? If not the first, I think it's the Bugs Life one. I think it, I think it was before Bugs Life. I, I don't quote me on that. Um, don't ever quote me on anything, frankly. But, Never do. <laughs> yeah, I I like those two though. The shorts before the films are really great. No, I agree. I have nothing to contribute. I just don't remember them so much. Yeah. Usually they're pretty good. I did like Bao, yeah. that one. But that's a part of that is that I just want to eat Bao buns. Yeah. Um, but that's, again, a personal issue. I like that one, though. That one was uh, 
that one was creative too. That's a good idea, like a a good concept. And that and that you know these sort of uh, shorts before the films are that that precede the films are sort of a microcosm for the film you're about to watch. It's a quality, a good story, well done that you're probably going to have a good time watching, you know, for five minutes or whatever they are. Okay, well that rounds out. I mean. Is there anything else that was left off the list that we should mention? I, I think that, you know, Cars 2... Well, I almost forgot about Brave, so I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, yeah. Well, I, um, I figure that is probably somewhere on this list for a lot of people. Just for us, it doesn't quite reach that. I mean, like you said, Tier 4 maybe just didn't feel right for me. For me, definitely Tier 4. Oh, definitely. If it existed Tier in 4 was list. like a question mark, for, and that's for everyone else. Like, it's going to be in Tier 4 or out. Yeah, I forget that one's Pixar oftentimes, too, just because it's... Definitely, it definitely has a different style to it. I don't know. I think it has a Pixar style. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But I, I, I kind of know what you mean. I don't remember it that way. Yeah, exactly. But having recently watched a, at least that little clip of when she shoots an arrow, it's, it's Pixar for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, let us know what you think. Um, all the all the sort of avenues that we discussed at the you know at the open of this podcast. Um, just just let us know on social media um, or wherever you can reach us. Uh, let, let us know what you think about this list because I, I have a feeling that a lot of people would uh, rearrange things or add things or remove things that, that we had, and uh, I'd be interested to know what people think about that. All right? Okay, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and tune in next week for the next episode of the Talking Llamas podcast. Have a good one. Talk to you later.